NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. One of the great things about the offseason is getting a chance to take a deeper look at some of the drivers that have other great stories to tell in the IndyCar paddock. One of those is our guest today, the 2022 Indy Lights Series champion, Linus Lundqvist. The 23-year-old driver from Stockholm, Sweden, scored five wins and nine podiums during the season for HMD Motorsports with Dale Coyne Racing. His victories came at Barber Motorsports Park in April, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course in May, both races on the Detroit Street Course in the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix in June, and on the streets of Nashville in August. His next goal is lining up a ride to make the next step up the ladder to the NTT IndyCar Series. Here is my exclusive interview with Linus Lundquist, this year's Indy Lights champion for Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, all the way from Stockholm, it's 2022 Indy Lights Series champion Linus Lundquist. Linus, Thank you for joining us today. No worries. Thank you for having me. Good to speak to you. I was wondering if the uh, late winter breeze is starting to uh, blow into Stockholm. Yeah, well, to be honest, I'm still in the U.S. I'm in Indianapolis at the moment, so uh, I'm sharing your uh, your experience of the the Midwest so far. Oh, well, scratch that comment. You'll just uh, be ready for the season of gray that usually shows up in the Midwest in October and doesn't leave until May. Okay, great. Hey, you were the Indy Lights champion, had a great season, battled uh, with Stingray Rob for the championship, and also had uh, Matthew Brabham came in there and had a pretty good run himself. When you look back at your championship season, just what were the highs and the lows for you? I mean, with all the victories you had, you pretty well dominated the year in terms of victories. Yeah. Uh, firstly, thank you. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a great year and uh, difficult to, to pick out, you know, some great moments because we had so many of them. Um, but I think the the two highs that, that I remember is uh, the weekend in Detroit where we swept both races, double poles and leading every lap and fastest lap. And I really loved the track and we finished second twice there last year. So I really wanted to come back and, and try to win it, which we did. Um, and then the pole position that we got at Gateway at St. Louis, that was special for me. That was the first time I was in pole on an oval um, so yeah, it was another check off the box. The fact that Indy Lights doesn't really run very many ovals, how much do you believe that that holds back a little bit, uh, giving you the full chance, uh, the full training ground to get ready for IndyCar? I mean, it's always difficult, but I think especially, you know, like myself, you see some other European drivers coming over, um, where we don't run ovals. And if you jump straight into Indy Lights or even IndyCar, you see some drivers do never competed or raced at an oval before it is tricky 
So um, honestly, I'm happy that I've got the experience from from Gateway last year, and then obviously Iowa and Gateway this year. Um, so uh, happy with that, and um, I think we showed both at Iowa and Gateway that obviously we had the pace to to fight for wins um, at, at both of them. So. You know, the speed is one thing. Uh, the racecraft is another one. So you're just trying to learn as uh, as much as you can, as fast, as fast as you can. Also, you drove for HMD Racing, and they have some pretty ambitious ideas, some pretty ambitious plans on what they want to do. Uh, the team's owned by the Malukas's. Uh, David Malukas uh, started off on that team, was able to get an IndyCar ride. What do you think that whole overall team approach that they've got there, they're they're pretty ambitious people for wanting to, uh, they're really all in when it comes to the Indy Light Series. Yes, they are. And I think the results speaks for themselves. Obviously, we uh, David was second and I was third last year. And this year I came back and we were able to win it. So um, I think it just you know, speaks for itself, um, especially when you go up against a team like Andretti. Uh, you know, they have so much experience and, um, you know, they're a very well-respected team. And I think they won the championship like four or five years in a row before this year. So, um, you know, it's nice to see that the nation has um, pulled up the effort and, and giving them a, a good run for their money. And um, obviously they're not backing down. They're expanding for Indy Lights next year. And it was good to see that they partnered up with, with Dale Coyne on the IndyCar side, because I think that's the smart way to do it. Um, and it looks like the team is here to stay. So I'm just excited and happy to be a small part of it and actually bring them their first championship together. I'm sure they'll have many more in the future, but... It's nice to do it together with them. The growing field at Indy Lights, you, for the most part, every race had uh, 11, 12 drivers. There were 17 different drivers that competed in the Indy Lights series in 2022. What do you see as being one of the big reasons why the car counts are now up and why the uh, action seems to be, uh, there seems to be a lot of more interest in the Indy Lights series these days? Yeah, it's good to see that the series has been on a rise. Obviously, there was one point where there weren't that many cars, but it's good to see that it's it's coming back. Um, and the reason for it, I think it's just the, the health of IndyCar that obviously is growing as well over the last couple of years. Um, and I think we're just seeing an effect of that where you see young drivers like myself maybe coming from Europe or coming from here in the U.S. and, and, and trying to make it. Um, so um, I think it's just been, um, you know, when, when the top series goes well and usually after a couple of years you kind of see the effect in, in the junior series of it as well how often do you get back to stockholm and what was the reaction like indycar and indy lights now seems to be a very popular sport over in sweden especially with marcus erickson winning the indianapolis 500 and felix rosenquist career yeah no it's it's great to see indycar has been on the rise ever since felix and marcus kind of joined uh joined the series which is nice and obviously, I'm on the on the edge of it, uh, racing in the in in the lights. People that follow IndyCar obviously see um, when another Swede is doing well and in, in the lights, which was good. I'm kind of, you know, uh, riding on their wave that they're uh, creating in IndyCar and trying to make the most of it. But it's good to see that just the general of interest of motorsport, um, you know, whether it's IndyCar or Formula One or whatever it might be, seems to be on the rise, which is uh, which is good to see. What type of attention did your championship get uh, back in Stockholm? Um, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been back since, since I won the won the championship. To be honest, I've been here in Indianapolis, uh, but obviously I've had newspapers and, and television kind of reached out to me and, and made a couple of bits about it. Um, but obviously nothing compared to like when, when Marcus uh, won the 500. Um, I think I saw some number that a headline like 
49 newspapers or whatever it was. Um, so it wasn't quite on, on that level. But still, it's nice to see that people are uh, listening and, and looking out for, for what you're doing. But they also sent a, a video crew, a film crew over from Sweden for the last race in uh, Monterey at Laguna Seca. And I'm sure that had to be a, a good thing to be able to do that and people be, be able to see the season finale of the Indy Light series and the fact that they were able to be there to interview you afterwards. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was great. It was good timing. Like you said, uh, they were there obviously for, for IndyCar and then when another suite won the Indy Lights race, they, uh, they were there filming that as well, which was, which was nice for sure. So at 23, what's going to be the next step? I know you want to run IndyCar. I know there's a little bit of a of surprise a lot of times in the past the Indy Lights champion got a $1 million scholarship. I believe that scholarship isn't quite up to that level this year. Did that come as a surprise to you when you're trying to put a deal together next year for the uh, IndyCar portion of making the next step in your career? Uh, yes. Yes, it was a surprise for us. So what are you doing to help make up the difference? Obviously, you don't want to have that impact what you're able to do next year, but are, what can you actively do to make up the difference in in that scholarship money? Um, I'm doing anything and everything I can to, to make up for it. Um, unfortunately, we we don't really have the, the resources and the backing to, to mount an IndyCar um, hunt um, if, if, we're, if we need to, to come with, with sponsorship. So um, I'm working what I can on, on that side to, to sort of see what we can do. But I still want to believe that we have a competitive package with with myself as a as a driver that's just won the championship and still half a million dollar in, in the scholarship. So we'll see what ha- what happens. Both me and my team are working as hard as we can to, to make something happen and make sure that we're on the grid next year. What type of interest have you gotten from some of the IndyCar team owners? And is Dale Coyne one of the ones that's probably showing the most interest because of his involvement with HMD Racing? Uh, I've sat down with every team in the paddock, um, but I've been doing that ever since May, uh, more or less. So I've gotten some good, some good responses and good feedback, but it's never easy. I mean, in this series, it's so competitive, and especially when I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business, and uh, and if the team don't have team sponsors to cover the car, then they're going to need money from somewhere. But there's still a few options out there. The Coin team and Dale Coin is is one of the teams that I'm speaking with. Obviously, the question mark is there how many cars they're going to have and what drivers they're going to have. And whatever happens, I'm, I'm going to wait and see what I can react to. Would you consider returning to Indy Lights? No. So once you win the Indy Lights title, there really isn't a lot to prove, especially in a ladder series, correct? No, and the way that I look at it, there's two things. Uh, first thing is that I don't have the money to come back to Lights. And secondly, I've got nothing to gain. I've won the championship, and if I return, if I don't win the championship again, then I've kind of lost the point of doing it. Yeah. So um, I've got nothing to gain. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. 
In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or... For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy. Let's continue our interview with 2022 Indy Lights champion Linus Lundquist. So in 2021, the Indy Light Series was still run by Anderson Promotions. In 2022, it was taken over by uh, Penske Entertainment. It was taken over by IndyCar. What did you see as being the differences between the two organizations and the way they ran the series? Um, operationally, um, I think the biggest biggest difference uh, on track was that the instead of 20 races, we had 14 races. Uh, we had a little bit less track time. Um, they shortened qualifying and a little bit stuff like that. That was honestly the biggest difference when it came to the competitive side. The rest was a little bit the same. Uh, operationally, it was a little bit different outside of it. I, I know that the team went through some bigger changes, how they operate with um, with the technical side, who to, who to turn to, et cetera. And then um, the other thing was obviously the scholarship now in the end was, was a big difference. Roger Penske has taken an interest in Indy Lights and says they really need to build the series up uh, to a degree, and he wants to get IndyCar teams to have Indy Lights teams. Although that doesn't really seem to be happening, how big a boost would that be if the IndyCar teams also fielded an Indy Lights program? It seems to work out pretty well for Michael Andretti. For sure. But I mean, the the biggest thing is that if they can promote their drivers from Indy Lights to IndyCar, it doesn't really matter whether they have teams in Indy Lights or not. If you understand what I'm saying, yeah. Um, like if say if you race with Andretti or HMD, then the the thing would then be to progress their drivers within the program, right? But if they can't do that, then it kind of defeats the purpose of having IndyCar teams in the lights. So I think the, the key thing is going to still be like they've done in the past and so done such a good job is to promote, promote young drivers into, into the top series, whether that being with IndyCar teams or something different that I don't know. Um, but if that were the case, then it would be great. But as far as assessing yourself as a driver, what do you believe are your greatest assets uh, behind the wheel of, of, a, of a race car? 
great question. Um, I want to believe that I'm I'm generally fast in every every type of condition and uh, almost every car or every car that I've gotten into so far. I've been been able to fight for wins and and win and, and fight for championships. So I want to say that I'm fast in whatever I drive in, whatever conditions. Um, usually okay on the on the technical feedback and, and trying to get the the car in the right window. And I think especially this year, our strong side has been qualifying. Um, we had seven poles, and I think we qualified on the front row like 11 out of 14 times. So um, that's been uh, one of our strongest sides, I think, especially just looking for the last year. And what are the areas that you believe you need to improve upon? Every area. There's always things you can improve on. I don't think you can ever be a complete driver in that sense. So, um, and especially as you're moving up, I mean, the, the challenge if I'm looking towards IndyCar would obviously be on track, but I think much more off track because you got the, the strategy in place, you got tire management, fuel saving. I think all of that would be an aspect that I would be looking more towards. And as far, though, as the cultural differences between uh, racing in Europe, growing up in um, Stockholm, and moving to the United States and living in the Midwest and living in Indianapolis, is that taking a little bit of time to be a, a get used to? Or if you're going to be involved in racing, you really need to be in Indianapolis to be right in the thick of it all. Yes and yes, uh, to answer your question. It, it has taken a little bit of time to get used to because it's just so different culture-wise. Um, but lucky for me, um, I managed to meet a couple of um, of other drivers and especially some of the members from my team and we get along really well. So quite quickly you got into a rhythm and, and um, your, your own habits. Um, and I managed to build a little bit of a friend group with what helps because obviously you, you leave your friends, your family and your whole life in Europe to go out here alone, chase your dream. Uh, but the good thing is that there are plenty of other drivers in the same exact position as you are. So you kind of, you know, hang out together, work out together, whatever it might be. Um, and, uh, it's been great so far, you know, um, and I will say Indianapolis is the place to be, especially for our young and up-and-coming driver, um, because it is the home of motorsport here. And what are some of the other things that you uh, have discovered that you like about Indianapolis? Have you taken any of the pro sports teams there? Did you become a basketball fan? Because Indiana's a pretty big basketball state. The Colts in the NFL are a big deal around town. Or, or did you become a fan of any of those sports? Uh, no, I have not reached that point yet, but I'm sure it will be in the future. <laughs> okay, and basically, uh, what about some of the? Uh, who are some of the drivers that you like to hang out with, and what do you guys do? Uh, there are plenty of drivers around that we hang out. I, I go to Pitfit, like uh, like a lot of other, both IndyCar and Indy Lights drivers, and other junior drivers as well. So we hang out quite a lot there. But one of my closest friends actually live in the same apartment complex, which is James Rowe, the race in lights this year as well. We were teammates in 2020, which was my first year in the U.S., and then a bunch of other, both Indy Lights and Indy Car drivers as well, that, that we've gotten used to. And I've got the pleasure as well to, to know Marcus and Felix a little bit better, because both of them live within like five minutes of me here, which is uh, kind of nice to hang out with some other Swedish drivers as well. And as far, though, as just being young in a new country, far away from home, I know you mentioned earlier that takes a little bit of adjustment, but what was it like for you? I mean, it was tough in the beginning. I think it, it's always, it always is when you move uh, halfway around the world with by yourself, not knowing anyone. But like I said, I was lucky to to meet a couple of drivers and, and some members from my team that we got along really well, uh, and I was able to to quite quickly kind of 
get myself a friend group and, and get adjusted to the life in the U.S. And what do you plan on doing during the off season to stay sharp? I know that you just mentioned going over the pit fit to stay in shape, but are you doing a lot of eye racing or any type of sim racing? Uh, no, unfortunately, I do not own a sim, so uh, difficult for me to <laughs> to do that. But honestly, as of right now, staying sharp is not at the top of my uh, my priority list. The top thing is to get a drive, and uh, I know that whatever that might be, I'm going to be ready for it. But that's that's on the top of my mind um, every day right now. Well, I guess you got to take care of business first. It's pretty tough business to crack into an IndyCar and hope that it all works out for you because you had a great season in the Indy Lights series and really had a great championship season to remember. All of us think you'll be a bright talent one of these days, so keep at it. I will be. I will be. Thank you for saying that. 2022 Indy Lights champion Linus Lundqvist of Stockholm, Sweden, Congratulations on your championship. Good luck finding an IndyCar ride in 2023. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, the 2022 Indy Lights champion, Linus Lundquist, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.